Thanks for calling Toyota. This is Jan. I just adopted a new best friend, and I'm looking for a Toyota so we can make the most out of summer. With a new RAV4, you can take your pup for a drive up the coast. You can take a Prius to the park. Or you can take a Tundra to kayak at a remote lake. One problem, Jan. Oh? My new best friend's a cat. Your summer starts here, but it all ends June 3rd. Toyota, let's go places. Dealer inventory may vary, so you're participating Toyota dealer for details. Visit your front-range Toyota stores today. Toyota, let's go places. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche podcast. AJ, Rudo, Megan, we're talking Western Conference. We're talking the Avs competition in the West specifically. Uh, AJ, you were starting us off with the, the Dallas and Vegas conversation. And if any of these teams have any changes. Yeah, just, coming I was up. asking you guys if you thought that they were like Vegas is going to have to hemorrhage some talent because of salary cap stuff. But yep. I don't feel like Dallas is in for any major changes. I see a lot of Stars fans just after how the series has started wanting to buy out Ryan Suter. That's a rough, t- yeah. <laughs> yeah. How interesting would it be if Ryan Suter ended up being paid to play multiple play, buyouts by three teams yeah. next year? He got paid Wait, by Minnesota that... and Dallas to go away, and then you know that somebody would pay him. Would the Avs do it for as like a sixth? I mean, Ryan Suter and Josh Manson is your third pair. I'm saying. It probably, it. it probably sounds better on paper because of who those guys have been in their careers. Compared to who they are now. Exactly. Yeah. Where you're like, well, I had Suter and Trotman. That would be fun. <laughs> but I don't know. Maybe I don't know. I, I, I was just saying I, it's a thing that I've seen a lot of. But when I look at their cap sheet, it does not feel like <laughs> they are in for a major change. I want to get to Vegas in a second. So let's stick with Dallas here. Is you know, Regardless of how playoffs go. Megan, is Dallas the Avs' main competition, at least in the Central, going forward? I mean, Minnesota was was in there at times, Winnipeg in there at times. I I don't know. Uh, I, I think it still remains <laughs> Dallas for now, but... Yeah, I would agree. I think, I think it's Dallas for next year. And then after that, we'll yeah, see. Yeah, after that, you know, it's really hard to project because as we're going to talk about, some of these teams could be facing some serious changes in the next few years. Wow. You, know, uh, you look at between St. Louis, Nashville, Minnesota, and Winnipeg. I'm like, <laughs> those, those are all teams that are all facing serious question marks over the next few years of, what direction are are you going to pick? Yeah, you know, uh, St. Louis and Nashville have five first round picks between them this year, so like there's some, you know, if they do, and and yeah. then you have uh, you have two bottom feeders yeah. who would like to compete at some point in Arizona and Chicago, well, where you're like certainly Chicago. How long would until? like to do it a whole lot faster now. Yeah, and Arizona's is going to be a little tougher 
a sell just with their situation They've right now. They've got other problems, a lack yeah. Of, I think a lack of clarity um, uh, on the arena stuff makes it really tough for them. So I would say, I, I, I would agree with Megan. I think it's Dallas for right now, but dude, they have to, they're, they're going to have to do work to keep up because Colorado's just natural advantage is they have Nathan McKinnon and Miko Rantanen and Kale McCarr all signed. And and I, I do agree. I think it's valid Dallas right now. But you're still kind of looking at Dallas's roster and you're going, well, sure, they have these guys signed, but the cliff will eventually come for Joe Pavelski. Well, and you wonder how sustainable is what Jamie Benn gave them this year. You know, at 33, are we seeing a revival or is this just a one shot wonder? Is it, you know. Uh, and then, like, you do see some of the younger guys, you know, the Tide Landris and Wyatt, and Wyatt Johnston. Yep. yep. You you expect them to take steps forward, but are they going to take substantial steps forward to replace steps back from the elderly guys here? So we'll we'll see, but they're, they should be good. I think you're right. I don't think dramatic changes are incoming, and I do think there's enough youth to look forward to in Dallas and Robertson and the Delandria, Wyatt Johnson types, and even um, Miro Haskinen mm-hmm. on that side of things, that they're going to stay pretty competitive. There are just some question marks surrounding some of the aging players in Sagan, Ben, and what Pavelski has left in the tank. Because even looking at this season, that was a question of how much does Joe Pavelski have left in him. And there's definitely still something there, but I think that's why <laughs> it's easy to point to Dallas as remaining competitive for a little bit. Vegas in a similar conversation but they are not able to make huge roster changes so they're not really able to improve dramatically but they do have a lot of good things in place currently as well there's just been a really weird thing that's happened with their goaltending that you hope resolves itself because they're they're pretty handcuffed to that for right now yeah yeah and if those if those guys get healthy like they've paid guys you know like robin leonard like you Yep, that's just if he gets healthy, like money he, that's sitting yeah, dead like, for them right now. Yeah, like right now they're getting to spend that money because these these guys are hurt. But they've they've given money to Robin Leonard um, and I guess technically Logan Thompson. It was barely they, any a so. lot more to Leonard than Thompson yeah. there. Yeah. So it doesn't. That's not going to hurt them in any way. So I think that'll be a value deal for them because I think Logan Thompson's awesome. Yeah, I. As much as Jesse's a hater, I think that kid's really good. It's funny, too. He'll, like, look at his career trajectory, and each year he spent very little time at every league um, and excelled in each place. It wasn't (laughs) like he was some bottom feeder in the East Coast League for years and finally broke through. Mm -hmm. Anyways. He's really good. I don't mean to sidetrack. (laughs) Jesse. It's it's an important conversation because I'm not 100% sure where Vegas is goalie situation ends up uh, you know yeah when huh. Leonard gets healthy what Aiden are they Hill's pressing himself out of there uh, uh, like right he's on his way out Leonard hasn't been healthy for 18 months when yeah. he gets healthy who is he does Vegas even want to keep does he him ever get healthy? right I mean, is, that, is that just LTIR money forever? right it could be uh compared to Dallas where despite some sketchiness in these playoffs jake ottinger's the guy there there's no totally. doubt about that right and at four million dollars it's a it's a reasonable amount to expect for you know that's a reasonable price for him to be like hey you don't have to work very hard to be worth it yep if you give us a 918 you're exactly. easily making your money you're pretty happy there so <laughs> goalie situations 
kind of their own specific thing when it comes to hockey teams at yeah. times. So the top of the West feels like it's going to be pretty relatively stable. Colorado, um, Dallas, and then Vegas coming from the Pacific. Yeah. yeah. Well, and then you look at like an LA where, you know, if they, they don't can stop running into Edmonton in the first round. <laughs> well, like you feel like they're going to be a playoff team no matter yeah. what they do. They're going to be right there in that mix. They're just too good to take like a major step back, I think. But, um, you know, I know this is the point of today's show, but when we talk about the Flames, you talk about the Oilers, like those are two teams that have to make really hard financial decisions this it, summer. It Yeah, the thing... The thing with L.A. is that I don't know that they have to make huge decisions, but they can only sit around and wait for so long for a guy like Byfield to figure it out. And I know Byfield had an okay year. Right, but I mean, you're, they used the second overall pick on this guy. Yeah. Like, they, they're asking Quentin Byfield to be more than a left wing in their top six. Like they yep. want that guy to break out and be a star for them. Yep. Because the difference between those is what we saw from LA this year. And if he were to break out, especially as a center, it would be having, a having pretty big boon to them. Well, having and Byfield, Kopitar and Dano down the middle gives you hilariously enviable center depth. Yeah. And, and, and starts to, have a built-in replacement for Kopitar as he ages yeah, out of his you career. Yeah, put him into yeah. a little more of, of an appropriate situation where you could protect him. You know, you could you could you don't you're not asking him to be the star that he has been his for whole sure. King's tenure. I, another team that I do wonder about in goal. L.A. Yeah, as a hundred percent huge question marks. Copley is Corpusalo. Do they? Resign him. Uh, it, is Cal Peterson just done? I mean, yeah, well, he just kind of disappeared. Like, what, obviously had a bad, bad, bad year, just but in the AHL right now, like, <laughs> it's a problem. They've got to figure that out. And you know, there, I, I sent out a tweet the other day that had floated the idea that they were talking. The Kings were talking about moving on from Arvidsson, so they could try and find the money to potentially keep either Gavrikov or. Corpusalo, which I think both they can't keep both, but keeping one of them would help. I just don't. I don't know how you feel confident about keeping Corpy after that playoff series, man. Yeah, it just finished so poorly. Yep, it did, and it was tough because like a uh, uh, opposite of Edmonton, I was like, I, I don't think this is so bad, but it's just because Edmonton didn't really have reliable goaltending either. That I, I think it was a tough. Showing for Corby Salo. It was a little bit of watching them trade bad goals back and forth. No, exactly. For sure. I was like, well, that was a good save from Corby Salo, and then he'd give up something. I was like, well, it's Edmonton. Maybe that's mm -hmm. fine. <laughs> Until it wasn't. Until it wasn't. <laughs> it, it's it is interesting to see and, where. And I think the goaltending position is maybe the most fascinating part of the entire Western Conference. I agree. When we look at. Central Division. Yep. You look at the Minnesota Wild. Yep. Philip Gustafson just gave them an awesome season for 750K. There is a 0% chance that he signs for yeah. that cheaply again. And there's a really low chance that he repeats the year he just had so to. Not that he's a good goal. You're going to need to find some kind of middle ground you know, on a, on a deal there. 
but they don't have the wiggle room to just be like, well, you got to give that guy $3 million. Like they need to make hard decisions. Yep. They're losing Matt Dumba just right off that. Defense. He's gone. Like, yeah. Exactly. Ooh, yeah. Gone. Cause they have big decisions to make defensively too, yeah. that it's hard in both position. You don't really want to make any shortcuts. And, and like all of the forward depth that they traded for at the deadline, except for Mojo is a free agent. And so like the things that propelled them forward, and made them actually Welcome. look a little scarier Grinding going into, into the postseason. Yeah, they they can't repeat. So it's they're in they're in such a tough spot too. Where you look at, I think, and and I think it should start with goaltending this year, because so many of the playoff contending teams out west have major goaltending problems. <laughs> it, Just it, about. Everyone except for Vegas, or uh, except for Dallas. It's the weird Dallas and Colorado are two teams that are just like we're not even going to talk about this position. Yep. Winnipeg's in a tough spot in that yep. they want to keep their goaltender, yeah. but can they? Yeah, and exactly. You have Nashville. Is UC Soros arguably the best Nashville Predator right now? He's in his prime. He's on a cheap contract. He's coming off an exceptionally good season. He's strung together several in a row now that are very good. I finally get to be right about UC Saros. Suck it, Rudo. <laughs> and <clears throat> there should be a real conversation with the with a prospect the caliber of Yaroslav Starov. That's Starov. Nashville's problem, yeah. Is it maybe, should they be trying to pluck a Quentin Byfield out of L.A. for UC Saros? Like, should they be trying to... I don't to... know if Byfield's the one I would target, well, but I get I'm, what you're I'm, saying. I'm, I get what you're yeah, saying. LA this would isn't... really benefit <laughs> yeah. from this. I'm using this as an example. Should they be calling Seattle and saying, give us Shane Wright? Boy, that'd be fun. To try and get the next generation kickstarted a little bit and say, hey, we'll take Grubauer back. Just to take the money. Yeah, and... so we even some money out here. And so while we can stay, com stay and he competitive... And can be but... serviceable fill-in until Askarov's ready. And... But Askarov will eventually... The money will even out because his ELC, he'll be cheap. And then he'll eventually ascend to that job and Grubauer will be an expensive backup at the end of his deal. Like, is that is that something they should be entertaining? And Probably. you take the UC Soros conversation and you, you copy and paste it in Winnipeg with Connor Hellebuck. And you say, these are two teams whose best players are arguably their goaltenders. And for different reasons, I think should strongly be entertaining moving them. Maybe not yet for Nashville. Because they may <laughs> want to, they might want to see a little more of a scar of in the NHL specifically. Yeah, I, I, it's it's tough because so it might be a year early for them, but I think they should be looking at that market and they should be keeping a very close eye on what happens with Connor Hellebuck because if Hellebuck gets dealt, that sets the market for UC Soros of here's a framework for us to immediately work off of. Uh, Nashville's also in a weird place, but I, I do want to talk about them more in a little bit. First, if you're a goalie and you've been run into and it's not your fault, maybe you should call Bacchus and Shanker. Dial 222-2222 today to get a hold of Bacchus and Shaker or go to coloradolaw.net. If you've been injured in a car accident, even if it was a rideshare situation where you weren't driving or you were biking on the side of the road, or if you were at work and an accident happened that's not your fault, they will give you a free consultation. You can pitch your case to them. If they think you have a case, they'll take it on for completely free. It costs you nothing until you win your case with Bacchus and Shanker. And even then, 
you know, they just take it from the winning. So nothing comes out of your pocket when it comes to these guys. They just want to get you what you deserve. And they're really, really good at it because they've been doing it for over 25 years. And they've won over a billion dollars for their clients over the years. So they, they know their way around the courtroom. We'll put it that way. Uh, they know how to get you what you've earned. Go check them out again at coloradolaw.net or press two for a while. I saw they had a advertisement on the back of a truck yesterday that I was sitting behind as I drove home and was like, these dudes are legit, man. They've, it's one of it's those one thing to advertise on podcasts and stuff, but you just got your own trucks rolling around town. It's one of those things where oh, like, this is how I know Denver's becoming a big city. Is because I would go, you would go to Vegas or you'd go to LA or whatever, and you'd see trucks just driving around as advertisements. Oh, yeah. That never used to be a thing in Denver, but now, yeah, it's happening. Was it like a, a truck with a rap advertisement or like a, almost like a billboard moving? Uh, it was a rap. Rap, okay, okay. Still very cool. Not full Vegas. I'm yeah. thinking yeah. Vegas. Yeah. To... yeah, where it's a literal billboard. Yeah. Yes, yes. Just on a yes. truck I, bed. I just, like, both, <laughs> yeah. both are cool. Just wanted yeah. to clarify. There's also like a custom light we have upstairs for Bacchus and Shanker. And uh, I don't know what they're called. The neon lights that you see like in Nashville. Um, we have one for Bacchus and Shanker. Sick. Boy, we got to get one of those on the set. Yeah, it's upstairs in, a, in the studio that's being remodeled. Oh, so we need to go. bring it down. There you go. Boxes and shank are looking good in the in the neon. Uh, anyway, oh. that's how you know they're legit. Yeah, <laughs> for real. If the billion dollars wasn't enough. <laughs> also brought to you by Illegal Pete's. Uh, you know, when you get that cash, you can go get yourself a delicious burrito, fresh ingredients, 10 different locations here in Colorado. Queso to die for. Marg's at happy hour from 3 to 6 p.m. that everybody loves. It's the place to go. There's one just a couple blocks down from the DNVR bar where you can mm -hmm. get your own delicious burrito. That's a mm -hmm. that that mm -hmm means AJ's going there as soon as this pot is over. Yeah, I might, man. <laughs> it is lunchtime. It's so. one of those things that I consider when I leave here. Yeah, roll on by. Yeah, grab some lunch. We'll walk down and get it, and then walk back to yeah, yeah, yeah. parking on Colfax. So <laughs> go check them out, Illegal Pete's. Uh, there's also a location in Arizona if you happen to be from the desert down there. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast. I, I did want to dig in. I mean, we're talking about Nashville anyway, so let's just talk about them. Sure. Because you're talking about this move and goal with Soros and, and Askarov. Nashville's problem is they are locked into a lot of guys. Yeah, I mean, you've got uh, Roman Yossi, Philip Forsberger signed long term. You have, I think, three more years of Matt Duchesne and two more years of Ryan Johansson. Yeah. Uh, three or four more years of McDonough, too, I think, on yeah, the defensive I think end. I think it's three more years of McDonough. Like, you're you're signed. Yep. You're committed. At, at high dollar values, you're committed to a lot of these Contracts guys. that are hard to move. Yeah, and you're having a, conver a real conversation of, for what? To what end here? Yeah. This is where I see the value in what you're proposing and using Saros as a possible asset for a young, promising return is I think they need a refresh in that aspect. I think we saw in St. Louis when the core begins to age, if you don't have a young core coming up behind them, you run into problems. You have you're, nothing. Yeah. Your 20 goal scores, you know, they, they need people coming up behind them because it's it's just those are the types of career years that are not always repeatable and you just need young mm -hmm. players coming up in the ranks and I think that's where Nashville is struggling a little bit and where they could use somewhat of a refresh 
yeah, I definitely like they have some interesting young forwards on the way because they've devoted a lot of their draft assets to that position. But for a team that five years ago was the best defense in the league, arguably. Right. Uh, I mean, for a defense, for a, a team that years ago, like comfortably just gave PK Subban to New Jersey. Yeah. For free. For it was like a second round pick and some stuff. Yep. Like just gave them away. Because their defense was that good, and they were like, ah, we, we could survive this, no problem. And I know PK had obviously slipped at that point. Like, his game had, he was no longer that guy anymore. But to, to just give a guy like that away, um, <laughs> that was the quality of their defense. And now you're looking at it in Roman Yossi and Ryan McDonough. Yeah. It's kind of it. Uh, you well, and, and Fabro, depending on like how, Fabro's how you there, feel about I really him. like Alexander Carrier. You, I, I will fight you on this. Uh, I'm over fine. And over. I'm fine with it. I just never think he's going to get there to where I'm I, happy. Well, the but. thing is, is that he's not going to be a top pairing guy. I can like him as much as I want, or as much as I like in the middle of a defense. But Fair. how much of an impact guy is he? Or is he just one of the many, many, many third pairing guys where I'm like, oh, I like what he can do in a <laughs> limited role, you know? <laughs> Like it's it's different when you're talking about does this guy move the needle on a lineup here? How good actually is he? And then the guys beyond that are just there's not a lot there. Yep. And that's where you have the conversation of you know if you if you wanted to find there's no there's no reason for them to mess with Ryan McDonough. They should try and find a a, a buyer for him in the next two years. As that soon money as might possible, be tough this year, yeah. but next year when the cap goes up the way that we expect it to, it will go up enough that that McDonough's salary should be a little easier to fold in and not have quite as much term on it if if the play slips a lot. Um, they should really be finding something for him. But if they do move, uh, if they do move a a Soros or you know if they do want to move on from a Ryan Johansson, two years left at eight million dollars. Uh, for a guy that does not consistently score 20 goals, it's going to be a hard sell. But yeah, and with two years, if you're if you're talking about the the willingness to retain a little bit of that, you, you know, even if it's two million dollars, like they're not competing for Stanley Cup. And with with Barry Trotz taking over as GM, we don't really know how aggressive he's going to be in trying to make it work with this aged out core that maxed out. To be honest with you, last year. When they got smoked by the Avs in the first round, yeah, it's it, and that's that's the problem is I don't see the talent on how they can push to be a true cup contender. Right, like they could do, you could easily view them as a team that replaces Winnipeg as the last wild card team next season. Sure, but where does where does that get them? Exactly. Yeah. Why would you continue to push and push and spend money for that? It's tough, and I could. I, I think not Yossi a spot Forsberg, I'm envious of. Yeah, Yossi and Forsberg are homegrown, been there their whole careers. The, those are their guys. They're going to retire there. They're going to get their jerseys retired. They're going to go into the rafters. I think They're, Yossi will. I, Forsberg could <coughs> could try and chase a couple. But that with that see. contract, it's done, man. I I hear you. Maybe but, maybe at the end of that contract, yeah, last, we'll see, last year or two is. I think I think they're going to say those are our cats. Those are our guys. They're we're gonna we're just gonna keep them as franchise guys. Um, I, all the other guys though on that roster should really be up for play. You know, uh, and if Colorado if Colorado wants to sniff around that to make this kind of abs related, 
You'd have to have some kind of an interest in a Yakov Trenin at a million seven. The, the thing is, I think it's tough for them to do a lot of this this offseason. It's probably next offseason that you see them really get aggressive with a lot of this stuff. Well, I don't know. You know, that's the thing. I just don't know. They've got two first round picks. Like, this is just a good time for them to. And But with, with the change of GM, I don't know. That's, yeah. Barry Trotz could decide to he go could just like nuclear, Kyle Davidson in Chicago and just say, winter. Yeah. We're, giving, we're giving away all these guys. We're going to get all the assets that we can for as many of these cats as we can. And we're just going to, we'll keep Yossi and Forsberg, but we're going to build. We're going to try and, we're going to try and do what LA did, which is rebuild quickly enough around so many assets that as these, as Kopitar and Dowdy got older, they were, they got to compete in a second window. Yeah. I think, I think if I was, if I was, Barry Trotz, that's what I would be doing. Okay. I would be trying to follow what LA did, and they've got multiple firsts this year, and maybe they give away enough talent that they're like bad, bad next year and have an actual high pick. But I would be trying to do that and try and get it so that by the end of Forsberg and, and Yossi's careers, they were part of a second potential a lot, run. A lot easier said than done. Oh, of course. Um, I do want to go through the rest of the Central here. We'll start at the bottom. Chicago and Arizona. Not expecting them to be all that competitive. Do we think they'll at least be fun this year? I think Arizona will be fun. Okay, and honestly, Chicago with... Bedard. There will be exactly one player that's right, fun on that, Chicago. That has to be some amount of fun. Then <laughs> um, there's, like, there's fun little storylines in Chicago, Gold Cutman gets healthy. He had a pretty good promising start. Does he get another chance up with the big team now that he's going to be healthy for the regular season? I don't know. But Arizona, I think, will be fun. We talk about the, the magic of Mullet Arena mm -hmm. and sort of knowing this is the last season playing in Mullet, I think could bring about some fun, especially home games. I hope it's fun. Don't think they'll be all that competitive on the bigger picture but i hope it's fun at well, least because no. of some of the uncertainty i i could see some of the players that you look to and count on like the clayton keller types that affecting the uncertainty of the future affecting their regular season performance well when we talked to craig last week and we acted you know we talked about nick schmaltz and he said they've got to balance this yeah because if they move nick schmaltz it's gonna piss off clayton keller <laughs> and that's a guy that you're invested in trying to keep happy yep but nick schmaltz is also his salary will be higher than his aav over the next few years for his so actual, when it comes to actual cash his actual yeah. cash is going up for a team that is still trying to use ltir contracts to hit the floor yep <laughs> because cash flow is a problem down there so you know that's watching them walk that tightrope and that balance you know, I'm excited to see what's next for Matias Michelli. Sure. I'm excited to see, you know, does Josh Doan make the team? Does some of the younger kids start to break in and actually be a part of this? Can Barrett Hayton have another solid season? Yeah. yeah. What's, okay. what's up yeah. with the goaltender of the future? Is it, should they, should they seriously, we're talking about all these goaltending problems out West. Should they be auctioning off Karel Vamelka this for, um, like right now? Ten million dollars. Yeah, Arizona has a good track record for providing good goaltenders, but maybe their track record and what they do if they return leaves a little Not bit so good. to be desired. Not so good on the the you know controlling the return. If yeah, Connor Timmins makes them look Connor real bad. Timmons yeah, away, man. That's a, Toronto, if you don't want him, yeah, he's welcome back in Colorado. Absolutely. 
He would be a really fun sixth. Yeah, if you're not even going to use him. Yeah. And 1.1 for the next two years. Yeah. I At would. least for the 30 games that he actually plays would be. <laughs> Uh, okay, moving up the list, we kind of already talked about Nashville. St. Louis. They'd, what the hell do you do? You're stuck with Bennington in the net for the next forever. GM to the Maple Leafs? You're, you're stuck with a number of aging defensemen that play a game that historically does not age well. Offensive defensemen usually fall off pretty fast when they age out. And then you kind of just have a bunch of guys on off it on your forward core now that O'Reilly and Tarasenko are gone. Yeah, you got a bunch of like good players yeah. because Jordan Cairo and Robert Thomas did not take the, the they team didn't become star level. Yeah. They just repeated, hey, these are good players. These are not great players. I just like I don't know what they do. Oh I if I was them, I'd do anything possible to get out of Bennington's contract and blow it up. But I don't know how they could get to that. So I think they, they just, just feel too many stuck. Forwards. They just feel stuck. There's just too many. There's too many guys there, and they have too much money committed to bad defensemen. Yeah, I don't know what you do. That three, those three first round picks. If I'm their GM, I'm I'm considering attaching those three first rounders to move on from Colton Pareko, to move on from Nick Letty, to move on from. I, I would probably prob- keep Justin Falk. He's the one you could probably yeah. actually move, though, is the yeah. thing. Yeah, like, for a real return yeah. where you're not including assets to try and get rid of that yeah. contract. Yeah. I would try and see what those markets are for those guys, though. Seriously consider them. Would you be interested in Perico? In Colorado? No. 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 How it's many, too, it's how many years are left on that deal? Like six or seven. Oh, yeah. That's, I that's didn't realize okay. it was such a long it's, contract. That's the thing. It, otherwise, yes. If it was okay. like three or four, yeah. totally. Yeah. I Because... We saw what he looked like when he wasn't asked to be the man. Yeah. So put him back in that in infrastructure and let him do that. I'm very. I would be very interested. I'm, I don't want to pay for the decline. I don't like that. Yeah. Term. Um, but I like Pareko in the immediate. I would be a lot more interested in trying to poach one of those forwards. Do they want to move on from a Buchnevich? Oh, I would kill for Buchnevich. Do they? Do, how much? What do they feel about Brandon Sod? I would not mind kicking the tires on Sod again. Those are two guys that I would call about. I'd be curious about Braden Shen. Does he want to come be, be a fun to see? He, yeah. I know he's 31 and he's signed for a long time. He'd be a fun to see. He's still a good guy and he brings he's he brings so many of the elements that Kadri brought without some of the drama, the red mist level. Yeah, yeah. where where you know where you had concerns about Kadri doing something ultra dumb. You know, I'd be, I would kick the tires and I would ask about Braden Shen. Just me personally. I don't think it's a bad idea. I mean, even thinking of what became of Barbashev outside of St. Louis for Vegas. And it's, it's interesting what these players could be in a different system. Mm-hmm. I think that they are not being utilized to their full potential. I think they are sitting around as just some guys in the forward group right now in St. Louis. I think they've lost the plot a little bit. I don't trust them as they're currently constructed. And I could see teams capitalizing on on them trying to find the plot and maybe needing to move some of these pieces. Uh, okay. Who knew David Perron would be so important <laughs> to a team's like <laughs> that, that forward just fall success. apart without. But also, like they just got a little old. Like O'Reilly stopped being able to do that job. You know, Tarasenko was stopped being <laughs> a higher end player. You know, like yep. the, they just kind of 
just sort of that's what happens the slow decline of a hockey team basically yeah and they invested too much in they invested too much money in bad defense yep where they can't because if they were on short-term deals you can get out of them yeah yeah, you could consider buying a guy out here and there you could use those three first rounders for st louis to aggressively retool yep you know you could go and sign a guy like a gavrikov in free agency you could trade for some of these other guys you know, you could go try and sign Damon Severson yeah, this offseason. Exactly. Yeah. You can try and make a move like that. But uh, in, instead, they're just stuck because all of those contracts are long term. Right, we'll get to Winnipeg and Calgary in a second here. I want to do the bottom of the Pacific as well, very quickly. Ducks, Sharks, not expecting a ton out of either of those teams this year. I would call about Hurdle. I, that'd be fun. I, I don't know that the Sharks are super interested in letting him go, but I don't think they would be. But I'd call, and I would at least kick the tires. Just got to do your job. If you're not calling, you're not trying. Uh, <coughs> where? What the hell are? Where are the Canucks? Are they anywhere? Are they? They seem stuck they're gonna in no man's land. They're going to have to give guys away. They're gonna. They're gonna give. A, look, Brock Besser is going to go to Chicago for a second round pick. I don't know which one of those second round picks is going to be. It's going to be one of them. That's that's how I see that ending because Chicago is going to. I think Chicago is going to end up being a sneaky fun team next year. Where they're able to load up on some intriguing forwards, and they're that able they to all build, can flip, yeah, yeah, and they're able to build a, a decent enough roster where you're like, they're watchable. I hope they're not. I, I mean, <laughs> it, it's done, man. They won the they won the sweepstakes, and that's where this is headed. I know. So I think they're going to end up being sneaky watchable, just like Arizona was last year. Maybe we'll see. But yeah, the bottom of the Pacific. Who cares? That's mostly where I'm at with the bottom of the Pacific as well. Just not. Yeah. Do they want to trade Troy Terry? I'm open to that. <laughs> Bring uh, him home. Whatever team you're watching, you can do it on Fubo TV when it comes to ESPN and all of that good stuff. Check them out at FuboTV.com slash DNVR. Over 140 channels, not just sports, but they've got television shows and movies too. Uh, news, all the good stuff. You can use that QR code on screen or the link. When you do, you get 10% off your first, actually it's 15% off your first month of Fubo Pro. Go check it out. It comes with a thousand hour DVR that works for you. So you can jump right in, record whatever you want. While you go out to dinner, come back and watch it on replay. Fast forward through all the commercials. Get all the good stuff with Fubo. Uh, It's right on your television as well. We all have smart TVs these days, basically. So you get the app, you turn your TV on, Fubo's on, you're watching TV. You don't have to jump through any hoops. It's not anything complicated. Super easy stuff to do. Go check it out. Go get it today at FuboTV.com slash DNVR. And then when you're watching Fubo on your couch, crack open a Breck Brew, the official beer of DNVR. You can get eight different kinds on tap down here at the bar. You can find it everywhere in the United States. Check your local liquor store or the Breck Beer Locator online at breckbrew.com. You can also check out their dope merch on uh, on the Breck Brew's website. So go in there, get the good stuff from Breck Brew. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast. I, I think two teams in in very different places when you talk about Winnipeg and you talk about Calgary. I want to start with Calgary. On paper, Calgary's supposed to be a good hockey team. They should be a playoff team at least. Easily. Sutter's gone. Their front office is getting reorganized. 
They need a new head coach. They got to find one. You have, they're fully committed to Nazem Kadri. They have a bunch of other pieces that, you know, obviously the Huberto and Uyghur stuff did not work that well this year. You're hoping a lot of that is some clashing with Sutter. Do they need to do major surgery here, or is this a run it back and expect to get better out of these guys? In some ways, I don't think they can do major surgery. I think their fair hands are a little bit tied to some of these contracts, but I am expecting Huberto to have a different season from what he had. This was a bit of an anomaly in my eyes, and I hope that it is to some degree. I mean, it, it is Calgary after all. I'm not <laughs> putting too much into that, but... I I do think they are limited in what they're even able to do, but I do think they're going to be significantly better than they were this last season. They had health on their side, which we've talked about, but I think that these pieces are still good pieces. Um, And I'll I'll take a minute to think about if they could make a change where I think it would be best for them. But I think that there is something to be said for playing under a new coach, also benefiting them, even just in the immediate, for what it means in long term, because I think we've watched coaches come in anew and kind of inspire something the in bump, the players. Yeah. yeah. So who's to say what looks like in year two of whatever this new coach ends up being? But if it is someone like a Mitch Love who's promoted from within the organization, it's interesting because I'm sure it, it doesn't actually provide so much of a shakeup in terms of what they need to do in execution. I think the systems will be very similar and familiar but I do think just having a new coach at the helm will make somewhat of a difference, and they are going to be a playoff contending team. Now, I'm not going to get ahead of myself and suggest that they're a cup contending team next year, but they absolutely belong in the playoffs in my eyes. AJ, do you believe in Jacob Markstrom back there? Uh, I think he's I think he's better than he was last year. But how much was better he, is the question. Yeah, yeah. Is, he as good, is he as good as what we saw two years ago? I don't think so. But I think it's fair to ask him to be somewhere in between. The thing with Calgary is they're in this really weird position where they have a bunch of really good forward prospects who are like there. Waiting to get their chance at the bit, yeah. basically. Yeah. You have you have Matt Phillips, you have Jacob Peltier, you have Coronado, you have Connor Zeri. Like you've got guys that are ready to go. You watched uh Walker Dewar this year actually be a pretty decent role player for them. Uh, we've watched over the last couple of years, they have developed Andrew Mangiapane and Dylan Dubé from into their bottom six real into, players, yeah. into guys that have actually been pretty important and pretty good for them. Uh, but you have two guys in particular that Colorado should be keeping a very close eye on because Calgary's already capped out. Yep. And they have a couple of, they have a couple of expiring contracts. They've got to figure some of this out. They don't like have to do anything drastic, but you have Mikhail Backlund and Elias Lindholm like sitting Lindholm. with one one year left on their deal. Lindholm is the better player. He's the more desirable asset. He's the younger one. They're both in their 30s, mm-hmm. so you're probably not talking about a long-term solution for Colorado at 2C. Is that... Mikhail Backlund is probably the easier one to get. He's 34. You would have he's he's spent most of his these, career in Calgary taking hard minutes. These are more trade deadline deals, though, right? Like if Calgary's out of it. So I think Lindholm is okay. That said, if you're St. Louis and you offered two first round picks for a hard to Lindholm say no, straight up, yeah. 
Calgary could just be like, uh, <laughs> we should consider one this. one year for of Lindholm it, or a super easy reload for us. Yeah, because they there's a very real possibility they're not going to be able to keep those guys. Um, Backlund's next deal will probably be quite a bit lower than the just under six million dollars that he's getting paid right now, but uh, if only because he's thirty four. But that's that's where you look at those two guys and you say, guys that play guys that are down the middle that can play center that can take hard minutes, but also have the two way ability to give you 50, 50 plus points. A, a proper defensive two C. Yeah, but but good enough offensively to be an impact guy. Right. Um, and you th- you 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 start to roster bait a little bit, and you throw in Val Nichushkin next to one of those guys, and you're like. This is the line that's no fun to play against yeah, for like teams. This is, yeah. this is gonna be quality stuff here. But they're gonna they're gonna be good enough offensively that they're not gonna be just a black hole. Yeah. And so that's where I think I think that's where I would start if I'm Colorado, I would probably start my offseason phone call to Calgary, to Craig Conroy now and just say, Hey, how open are you guys to moving one of these guys right now? You could definitely, uh, because Calgary's going to want to integrate some of these guys, some of these younger kids into their lineup at some point. So uh, if they don't want that guy down the middle, you know, a guy like Tyler Toffoli, who's always been a good player, but has always been a bad fit in Colorado because of the up-tempo. Yeah. Yeah. The up-tempo way that they want to play is not great for Toffoli, who's never been a very good skater. You, you're not, you're not interested. You're not going to be able to get Andrew Mondriapani no, out of there. You're, you're no, not interested in four no, no, more no. years of Blake I, Coleman. Like, I, I don't even know if I'm that interested in Backlund. It, it'd be Lindholm or nothing for me. I'm in, I'm interested in Lindholm. I think you make a great point though about forward depth they have that I think is ready to make the leap now. Peltier uh, Mitch being Love one of the them. only reason the Wranglers are so good. <laughs> no, and it, this is all in my bid to make the Eagles a little bit better. So if Peltier <laughs> wants to go up to the big leagues full time, I'm cool with it. No, but they, they do have some players that are regu- ready to graduate. Yeah. They've done all they can at the American League level. And that's They're something really for Calgary to, for, to, to consider that they have some options there that will be more cap friendly and can help if they are able then to offload some of what's in the Ford group presently to save a little bit of space, I think it would benefit them and it would it would benefit other teams, certainly. It would it would be a hard decision to part with someone like Lindholm. I think the the return has to be very worthwhile. They are they are like capped right now. Mm-hmm. And that's where if you move uh, if you move uh, Backland, who again, I'm saying him because he's the lesser of the two. He's also the more expensive money wise. So maybe they eat a million dollars to help Colorado out, but they, you know, the Avs moved their first round pick this year for him. Well, I, I, the thing is, I think Calgary could go the other way as well. And I understand there are money conversations that you have to have, but you look at what the Avs did for success. The guy they didn't want to move that they moved on from Justin Barron. Could Calgary look to move some of those prospects out? Well, the hard part there is that you're taking guys who are really cheap. And moving them for a guy who would be more expensive. I, I understand they, they need to the, move money out as well. They don't have well, the money but, to do that right now. But it, it, and that's look, why I'm. That's why in I'm the NHL, if you want to find money, you can find money. Right, but I'm 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 saying it, it's easier to make one move than two. And if they were to if they were to put a Peltier and a Matt Phillips or you know uh, Connor Zeri, Matt Coronado, one of these guys, if they were to package two of them up for 
a defenseman or, you know, I, I don't even know what they would want, to be honest. And, with again, you. it's a deadline they're, conversation. They're deep enough yeah. at, at forward and they're good enough on defense. There was really no reason. You look at that roster and you're going, how the hell did this team miss the postseason? Yep. There's no really obvious, obvious hole there. Other than just underperformance. Exactly. It's underperformance because Mackenzie Weger should be a dude. Jonathan Uberdo should have been a dude. And these guys were very mediocre in their first year in Calgary. And that's your problem is you're paying top money to top players who just didn't give you that performance. That's why the coach is gone. Yep. But they are capped out for right now. And they have a ton of expiring deals next season. Moving some money out. I, I think I think if for my money, if they were to try and move some of the kids together, the dumbest thing they can do. Because if with the expiring contracts in the next year, they need longer term options that and aren't just a one year. If you have four of these guys come in on ELCs next year or or the second, you know, a, a one year 800K deal or whatever, you have four of these guys replacing them. You can choose to spend money on which guys you prioritize resigning and still stay competitive at forward. Yeah, fair and enough. And so moving out and, and again, the, I, I think Lindholm is a deadline deal. And I think Backlund is the guy you could talk them into this off season, now. yeah, because he's 34. They're not uh, nobody's looking to give him a long term deal. Yeah, you could give him maybe a multi year extension, you know, a two or three year deal at the end of it, depending on how well he plays, yeah. where he goes. Yeah, but you're not doing it right away. If you get Elias Lindholm, you're going to try and keep him. Yep. If you get Backlund, <laughs> he could be a one year. We're just trying to figure this out, and it. Is is Mikhail Backlund for Colorado's first round pick? That's it. Enough? I don't think so. But I don't think it should be a significantly more on top of it. I don't think it's a major. It's not Jean Luc Foodie. It's not Oscar Olsen. It's not Sean Barnes. It's, it's it'll be interesting to see how those markets shape up. I do want to move on to Winnipeg, though. A team we've talked about a lot because they're. Uh, both this offseason and next offseason could reshape a lot of the league, depending on what they want to do with Connor Hellebuck, Blake Wheeler, Mark Shifley. I, I, I don't really have a ton more to say that we haven't already said about Winnipeg. We're just kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop with this team, right? Yeah, I mean, they have to make decisions. Yep. Like, they, you, they are in the position where they are, they are well built enough that they can get to the, where they were. They can get they back can to make the, the playoffs. Yeah, they can get back into the postseason. Are they going to win a round? They could win a round. It would take everybody just playing better. It would take a little bit of a little bit of uh, better health. You know, having Cole Perfetti would be nice. But uh, they like to uh, the same. It's the he same knows. conversation with Nashville. To what end? Because if they go out and they do that, they decide that, and then Connor Hellebuck. Pierre-Luc Dubois and Mark Shifley all leave in free agency. You've lost a one, a one C, a two C and a, and a one G. It's almost a zero G at that point. You're talking about, you're talking about the three of the four most valuable positions in all of hockey. Yep. First and second line centers and a starting goaltender and a Vesna caliber goaltender. The only thing you're missing is a, is a frontline defenseman. That is walking on you at that point. Which will be Norrissey in a couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's signed for a long time, so you're fine. But <laughs> Until he demands a trade. 
Well, and yeah, you're everyone is gone. Yeah, exactly. yeah. I mean, his trade. I mean, he's just he's signed for too I know. long, and I know. he's gonna have to eat a couple of bad years before he's gonna get allowed to do that. But yeah, totally. You can see where this is ending. Yes, that's the thing with Winnipeg. They need to be bold. Kevin Dayoff has been very calculating. Very, I'm going to nibble around the edges. Bold is certainly not the word he, you'd use to describe it. He needs to take big bites this offseason. There needs to be, uh, for me, I, I've said this before, but if I'm if I'm him, I'm calling Buffalo, and I am offering Connor Halbuck to Buffalo for, for Devin Levi to try and get the next potential just, stud at goalie. Just run it back with Levi. And yeah. then, you know, maybe, you know, maybe uh, J.J. Paterka or a Quinn or uh, a Krebs, you know, somebody else. To come back because that's I'm not I'm not giving away Hellebuck just for this well, this kid goaltender. Krebs played his junior hockey there. Yeah, we, we know Winnipeg looks for guys that want reasons yeah. to be in well, Winnipeg, and they're going to need they're going to need to replenish forwards when Shifley and and Dubois Ooh. leave. So you know the the Dubois thing you're gonna try and I think they should just try and move him for whatever they can get. Uh, everybody understands kind of kind of the score there that Dubois may. It, it sure feels like Dubois it's walking Montreal, to Montreal for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but again, so what? Yeah, you get a year of Dubois. It's the same as getting a, if the the Backlander, the Lindholm conversation. Well, no, you're, you're getting a year out of that guy, and then you're probably from a Colorado perspective, you're probably losing him. Well, well the but thing if is, you go in, if, if you go, if you upgrade your two C that much. You're in a great position well, it, to win another Stanley Cup, gives, and that's the point. It, from a Colorado perspective, it gives Winnipeg less leverage in that trade. If everybody knows he's going to Montreal and this is just a rental, it's going to drive his cost down a little bit. Sure, and it should still get them a first-round pick. For sure. Because if they were to I'm trade not saying it's cheap. If, if, they were, if they were to trade him in the deadline, they're getting a first-round pick, and they're getting a, a pretty good prospect. Yep. You know, and, and it, the difference is, is that you're doing it today. It's true. That's and the same. They should do the same thing for Mark Shifley, because between between uh, Cole Perfetti, between Brad Lambert, I guess if you really want it, uh, uh, the other geeky brother, <laughs> yo, know, he played for the Ice. He's drafted by Arizona. Yeah. It's Rutger yeah. McGroarty. That was the their Winnipeg other teams yeah. uh, all blur together. <laughs> Sometimes, yeah. No, it was Rutger McGroarty that I forgot that they t- he was the other first round pick that, that the Jets had. And between a guy that they have not promoted and Billy Hanalo, like yeah. there's young guys on that roster where you can be like, hey, start to integrate yeah. more of the youth clear into the, this. Clear the path. Yeah. Exactly. And then when Blake Wheeler's contract ends next year, when. Uh, Nino Niederreiter's contract ends next year. You get you lose twelve million dollars off of your books at forward. Brendan Dillon uh, and Dylan Demello are guys that I think could fetch mid round picks that they could either flip for players like they did with Niederreiter, players who are signed who don't have trade protection that they don't have to convince to come play in Winnipeg and say you're already under contract. Ha <laughs> gotcha, sucker. Or you sign guys in free agency. You have, you use that money. There's just a lot of different ways they could go about it. And I think if they were smart and they were aggressive, they could get big returns for Shifley, Dubois, Hellebuck, 
and they could get reasonable returns for guys like Brendan Dillon and Dillon. They Tamala. just have to be willing to let this era and, end. And yeah. if they were willing to eat a million dollars, Brendan Dillon next to Josh Manson would be a really mean third pairing. I'd rather have DeMello personally. Well, he's right-handed and that's why I'm going that way. I would too. DeMello's better. Uh, and I would really like it if Brendan Dillon landed in Colorado because Evan hates him, and I don't know why. <laughs> and I just think that would be very funny after to go from Zadorov exactly, to Dillon exactly. <laughs> to go from Zadorov and end up with Brendan Dillon over there and just be like nah, nah, the anti-Evan agenda. Does he love Zadorov? He, he loves, loves it. I've gotten that impression. I just yeah. haven't heard him loves say it expressly. Him. Okay. Yeah, with Zadorov. Uh, free agent next summer. He's already started being like, bring him back. Bring him back. Uh, okay, we do have to wrap up the show very quickly. Edmonton's going to Edmonton. They've got to give somebody they away. They have to shed cap. They've yeah. got $6 million to spend. They've got a bottom six that re- needs to be rebuilt. And Evan Bouchard is going to get a $4 million bridge Plus deal. deal. So uh, they, need to, they need to give guys away. Colorado should call about Warren Fogle. He makes 2.75. It's for a year. He fits their style. He would be a very good third-line player for them, uh, just like he was a very good third-line player in Carolina. That's who he is. It's cheap. 2.75 just isn't very much. And a mid-round pick should do it because they're going to have to give him away. Now, if they could give him away for Sampo Ranta, I'd do it. You would prefer something like that than another draft pick? But... I don't know that Sampo Ranta would be enough there. I doubt it would be, but you never know. I'm just saying, you know, more of the Jack Johnson for Andreas England kind of swap where I understand. If you could player for player, if there's a guy they like that you'd be comfortable with there, then do it. But not, you don't want it to be like a Logan O'Connor and Alex Newman. No, not one of those types of guys. Not a roster player. Yeah, those are because you're trying to add to that, you're not trying to replace them. The Avs prospect pool is in such a weird place where there is such a stark difference between an Oscar Lawson and a Sampo Ranta that I don't think Ranta moves the needle because I'm not sure that he would be viewed as a, an NHL roster player at the yeah. moment. I don't even know if I could say that for Oscar Lawson, but the ceiling is I higher. Yeah, I and yeah. so I could see them saying, "No, we don't want we we don't want a Ranta type. We want a Lawson." But I can't see Colorado being comfortable parting with that. But I think they'd have to if we're looking at like a Warren Fogel type, look more at an Oscar Olauson type. And I don't know that I'd feel comfortable with that. This is where not having mid round picks really hurts yeah. you. And you, you could you could assets. offer an alternative deal. You could say, what about Warren Fogel for Josh Manson? That's tough too. I, but the health obviously is such a concern. It's like if I knew it's a fair point. Manson yeah. would be more or less healthy and this isn't some lingering thing that's going to be a problem. No way. Yeah, but I, Av's defense is just feels too thin. I think if you want to balance that money, you could say Brett Kulak and Warren Fogle okay. for Josh Manson, All and right. then now Calm I really down. feel like I'm winning over Calm here. Calm down. Yeah. If GMs just did whatever you wanted, you'd be a great GM, I'm sure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if I could just get them drunk and get them to agree to things. So why do you hate Kyler Yamamoto again? <laughs> So Yamamoto, I think, it is a really good... That's another guy that they're going to have to strongly consider moving on from. He makes $3 million, and is he? can he stay healthy? Is he good enough? They're all fair questions about his future. I don't see his fit in Colorado specifically, but I see too. them moving on from him and another team benefiting from this. That's See, this is, this is where, with no landing next year, 
you have Lekkonen, McKinnon, Rantanen, Nichushkin, question mark, question mark. Yeah. So if you put Yamamoto on one of those wings in your top Let six. Let him fly with some talent, maybe. Yeah. yeah. You still need to solve your two-seat thing. We we know that this yeah, has to get solved. I mean, solved. you can... But you, get you a, don't feel terrible if a Lekkonen or an Achushkin yeah. is on the other side. And you throw a... And you get Lindholm a defensively... Lindholm or an O'Reilly center Exactly. You get them. a defensively yeah. sound... Yeah, I wouldn't hate that. I wouldn't hate that. Yamamoto on that side makes way more sense. My interest in that goes way, way, way up. My my concern is if it doesn't work, you end up with an Alex Newhook, Kyler Yamamoto on your third line getting chewed up. It's a liability. Too easy to play against. Coming at you, you know, with with a a heavy forecheck where those two guys are like, please, sir, don't do this to me. And that's my concern is if it doesn't work, there's no backup plan. Yeah. And that's why I'm like, just get a third line guy in Warren Fogel. <laughs> Go solve your you, 2C you, and you, you deal with it. Yeah. yeah, you can figure out the rest of this. Like, you can figure out a wing along the way. That's where the Jonathan Drouin thing comes in. You know, where you're like, oh, well, if we get that guy for a million, you know, that's where the Alex Galchenyuk dream well, lives it, on. It, it, let's be real. It's easier to find a winger. It's something you could do with the deadline a little bit easier. Which I think yeah. they will need to do, yeah. but the, the 2C obviously being the yeah. priority. The, it's it's the number one thing that you want to figure out, but you also do look at some of these teams. Uh, we did, we, we kind of glossed over Vancouver, but Vancouver's going to have to give guys away. Brock Besser, Connor Garland. Obviously, Connor Garland isn't an option for the Avs with how much yeah. we know Nathan McKinnon yeah. hates him. Um, and it goes well beyond the helmet tossing Back to thing. their days at St. Mary's from That's when Yanni like. When Yanni Gord came up as like, ooh, could he fit in Colorado? I think they hate him, at least presently. This could be something that maybe they get over if they're playing alongside him. But Is that a, I hate playing against him, or is it I hate him? It felt personal, especially between him and Byram. <laughs> It felt like something very personal was born from that, that I'd be curious to see. I wonder what that's about. I tried to ask him, didn't get a clear answer. (laughs) Honestly, I think it's the intensity of the series. I don't think there's this history there. This is, this is one where it's like, is this a, like, like Keegan Colasar is not allowed in the locker room. Like, you know, like Connor Garland's not allowed. They vetoed Max Domi. Like the room was like, no. Which is an interesting thing for Dallas, actually. Sorry, I'm all over the place right now. <laughs> no, totally. Like, what's it's Dallas going to do about Max Domi? But let him go. They can't. Well, so where does he go? Chicago. Everyone that was Just complaining yeah. about missing on Max Domi, are we really disappointed? I'm not. Uh- I once, don't think once, we once can. We found be. out that the locker room right. said it, no. You're just kind of like, look, those guys know best. If they said no, then they said no. Yeah, <laughs> there's no, no t- and you're losing like, a guy who's not even staying where he went. Right, right. Like, yeah. why would you mess up your long-term locker room for 20 games of a dude? Like, it's well, not. And, worth and it. like, you probably don't mess it up long-term, but it's also like you've built such a good culture. Why yep. would you tinker with it with a guy that you know is going to be a toxic element? Yep. There's no. There. There were just. That upside just wasn't like, okay, so maybe you get to the second round. Long story short, the Avs should be looking to pick the bones wherever they can. Yeah, they need to kind of a little vulture mentality where they look at, you know, how did they get <coughs> Devon Taves? They saw, they saw a cap-strapped team that was going to have to move on from a good player. Yep. The, the, a team that was going to have to give. This is the same thing why I keep going back to Sharon Govich in New Jersey. And Hurdle. Who was, who was a healthy scratch at the end of the year who's an, an RFA and who is a guy that's probably going to be underpaid on his next contract versus what he should produce if he gets put into a good situation. Like, those are the guys 
That is the archetype that they should be looking for. You look at Edmonton and you say, Warren Fogle's in his prime. He signed for a cheap number. He can do a job that we need somebody to do and fit in with us stylistically. And the team, the team that has him has to shed money somehow. They've got to do something. And instead of we're going to trade R&H, giving Warren Fogle away for a mid-round pick is much safer, which is what GMs do. So they need to be vultures and they need to be very strategic. There's a lot of there's a lot of teams out west that are up against it, which is where the landy money comes in very handy for this year. Is that you they could splash a little bit of cash where they need to on expiring contracts. Do one year things. Exactly. Yeah. And what's fun about this conversation is we've only talked about picking from the carcasses in the West without even oh, beginning yeah. to talk about the East. There yeah. is a lot of room for the Avs to be far more aggressive in this offseason. I anticipate it. When in bringing up the East, one of the other considerations is how many assets all those teams at the top paid all moved at west. the trade yeah. deadline where they're rentals. not going to they're going to be looking to replenish some assets in some ways. Yeah. Like a first round pick, for example. Yeah. Where if there are openings there, you know, can the Avs find a deal with New Jersey where they send a first round pick for Sharon Govich and another guy? And you end up you end up with you know, getting a depth defenseman or something else like. Well, they, I think you. That's look, where they need to get you look creative. Look at the teams on the fringes there too. Like, a, hey, Washington has to make some decisions about where their future is headed. It's, totally. It, it, I think they probably won't blow it up because of Ov, but. Right, but we also saw they weren't afraid at the at the deadline. They weren't afraid to make a hard decision when they had to. Yep. That's why their whole defense that was expiring either got friggin' traded or re-signed. Yep. They made decisions. They talked to the guys and said, "Who wants to be here?" Who's willing to stay at a number that we're comfortable with. And that's how my Nick Jensen dream died. It's the way it goes. Uh, all right. We're going to get out of here for today. We appreciate all y'all hanging out with us and dealing with our, our sound issues at the start. <laughs> uh, tomorrow it's Megan and Jesse. So I'm sure they're, I think you guys are talking some leaf stuff, right? That's, that's yeah, what it sounds we'll have like. Dave McCarthy. He's one of the NHL correspondents for Toronto. Come on and talk with us about what's going on over there. There you go. We've got uh, Chris Peters will come, come on, on Friday. Going to be on the show, show Friday yep. talk, uh, NHL draft with us. Fun. We're going to start getting into specific names for the Abs at twenty seven. Yep. We're going to use the next five weeks to start to hone in on guys that you should start to love, just for them to trade the pick the morning of the draft. Yep. Can they trade it like three weeks out so he can just be done? <laughs> No, they're going to do it. It never works that way. Morning of, my man. They traded it while I was in the airport last year. So anyway, we appreciate all y'all hanging out and we will talk to you on the next one. You know, if you haven't checked out What Chaos yet, you oughta, because we've had all your favorite players on the show. I'm talking Seth Jones, Lena Solmar, Connor Bedard, whoever it may be. 
We're live every day on YouTube at noon Eastern, but also available on all podcast platforms, including the one you're listening to right now. We got guests, and yeah, we're also doing a bit of chit-chat, goofing around, laughing at what makes us laugh in hockey. So regardless of how deep you are into your hockey fandom, come listen to What Chaos. We'll talk about your favorite team, we'll talk about your least favorite team, and everybody in between, and we're having a ton of fun doing it every single day, Monday through Thursday. It's What Chaos, presented by All City Network.